0: Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny,
1: and a very good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny, your car talk and pal here, talking about cars and the automotive lifestyle every Saturday morning from eight. Until 9, right here on uh, KKNW and, of course, on the Drive Time Radio Network, which uh, reaches potentially everybody on the Internet at www.1150kknw.com. Thank you so much for listening to our little automotive radio show. we got a packed show for you this week, as we try to every week. I don't know if you know this, but Nathan, our uh, producer, uh, literally has to shut me off at uh, at eight fifty nine because i'll keep going until you know nine thirty if if they allow it uh, but unfortunately uh, they don't allow a thing like that so uh, we squeeze all we can squeeze into 60 minutes of radio and hope that you will enjoy it and it uh, you get something out of it that you're smarter when you finish listening than you were when you started and we hope that'll be the case today we got uh John Vincent is going to join us in a a few short minutes, and uh, John uh, writes about automobiles for the U.S. News and World Report. He also is president of our press association, NAWAPA, the Northwest Automotive Press Association, uh, which is uh, most of uh, the automotive journalists in the Northwest, uh oregon um northern california there's people uh here of course in washington idaho and we'll talk to john a little bit about the organization and what we do and and um you know how the pandemic is affecting us and it has affected our organization in a major way so we'll talk about that with john as well we got uh, the what are you driving this week we have the drive time road test we'll the dive deeper into the lexus es 300h the car i was uh, driving last week a uh, spectacular car that uh, is put out by lexus and um, asked some interesting questions about that we have our cartoon of the week for you coming up uh, a special tribute today uh, as uh, bonneville speed week just wound up yesterday and if you are a car enthusiast uh, you can do no better for yourself. I mean, there are people who want to go to the Indianapolis 500. Uh, there are people who want to go to Daytona Beach. Uh, there are people who want to go to uh, different uh, sporting events, Le Mans, and um, you know, different uh, races around the world, uh, F1 races, and so on and so forth. For me... Uh, and I certainly, I have not been to Indianapolis, and I do want to go to Indianapolis uh, pretty soon. Uh, I wish I could have gone this year, but uh, hopefully everything will be back to somewhat normal next year, and I'll be able to go, and I'll last that long. Uh, but Bonneville Speed Week out in Utah is one of the places, and the reason I like the Bonneville Speed Week is because it is – it's not like this big, you know, massive, insane, uh, five hundred thousand people in the stands kind of deal. It's um, it's much more an open area uh, where people mingle around. You can go into the pits. The drivers of these cars that are there to, and motorcycles that are there to set the land speed record are much more. Um, willing to talk to you, to spend time, to, you know, kind of mingle uh, with the great masses that want to look at uh, these cars and be there to enjoy and to look at uh, these, these phenomenal cars that go 500, 600 miles an hour that, uh, you know, are mostly outfitted with jet engines and uh, also the motorcycles uh, that go out there to set land speed records. And it is um, it's just an incredible uh, thing. I mean, yeah, the, you know, have the, the salt flats, which uh, you know some people think may be in danger of disappearing. The salt due to global warming, do whatever you think affects these kinds of things. Uh, that it's affecting the Bonneville salt flats, that they are blowing away, that they are disappearing, uh, that the salt is so thin in spots on the salt flats uh, that there was real fear a couple of years ago that they may have to cancel the, uh, the speed week. As a matter of fact, I know three years ago, maybe three years ago, it was um, cut down considerably. And uh, races were limited because the salt was so thin in spots, it became dangerous to race uh, and to to try to set the land speed records. And that's something that, uh, you know, would be sad for the automotive world, sad for the manufacturers to go out there and test cars. I mean, you can always, when it's not speed week, you can go out there and... You know, it's a, it's a place where manufacturers go to test cars uh, to take their new models out there. They have their proving grounds, of course, in different places, uh, mostly uh, many of them down in Arizona. Uh, but also the Bonneville Salt Flats, not a far drive from Arizona. You can take uh, 10 or 15 cars up there if you want to and try them and test them. And uh, so they wrapped up there. Speed Week yesterday, and it was, um, it seemed to be, from what I could follow in the papers, if there's any place you could socially distance yourself from other people, it would be Bonneville. I mean, you could stand, everybody that's there could stand six feet away from each other and operate just fine. And operate in uh, an environment that would be conducive to racing. That's the, that's how big it is. That's how huge it is. I mean, you you know, you look and you see the curve of the earth on one end of it. That's how uh, that's how big it is. And so they just uh, finished up uh, Speed Week and and held it. And it wasn't. Um, I don't know that it was exactly as it may have been in previous years. But it was um, it was still held and it was still there and they still tried to set records. Now, um, a sad note that uh, a veteran motorcycle rider, Ralph Hudson, 69 years old. This is where, I don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, The uh, the the last Indian uh, with Anthony Hopkins this is where he went to set the land speed or tried to set his land speed record on a motorcycle uh, but uh, Ralph Hudson 69 years old was attempting to uh, set a speed record was traveling approximately 252 miles per hour and lost control of his motorcycle and crashed. At 252 miles per hour, Ralph was treated by medical professionals at the scene and was transported by ambulance to Life Flight and flown to Intermountain Medical Center in Salt Lake City. So we wish the best for Ralph. And hopefully, uh, I haven't had an update since that uh, incident yesterday, but uh, it's certainly, um, you know, Certainly is a dangerous undertaking to go out there and set a speed record, especially on a motorcycle. I don't know that I could go out there and do it on a motorcycle. 252 miles per hour is, uh, well, that's something else. Anyway, uh, we will pay tribute to the Bonneville Speed Week a little later in the show on the cartoon of the week, and we'll also spend some time uh, as I said, talking to John Vincent here, coming up in just a second, we have our review for you. So a pretty packed show. Hope you'll stick around for all of the action. Uh, meanwhile, it is uh, time now for us to ask the musical question. Nathan? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? All right, what am I driving this week? This week I am driving the 2020 Honda Insight, which is the Honda version of their uh, one of their versions of the hybrid Uh, a sweet little ride that has gone through many different configurations throughout the years I don't know if you remember back all the way into the 1990s but when Toyota came out with the Prius uh, Honda came out with the Insight it was a, a funny shaped kind of bullet looking car if you will and it certainly was distinctive like the Prius was and it was, um, uh, you know, one of those cars that you looked at and you said, that's different, that's something else, that's distinctive, I think I want to drive one. Uh, and throughout the years, they have configured the Honda Insight in many different forms. Uh, the form it takes right now in the 2021 model is like a, pretty much like a traditional Honda Civic it looks like and and acts like and rides like and seamlessly moves from gas to electric, uh, pretty much like uh, like you don't notice it. It just happens. It's it's organic. You don't really notice. All you notice is the uh, the gas mileage, which is uh, spectacular, and it's got a very comfortable ride. It's not an athletic car by any means, but has a very very comfortable ride. And I'm enjoying. Uh, this this week in this car, it uh, again it doesn't attract attention like the old uh, the old Honda Insight did, where people it pulls up into a into a parking lot or something like that, or you park it and you come out and there's people gathered around it because it it now lends itself to uh, more of an anonymity. You know, you don't, uh, you don't stand out anymore in it. Maybe that's the thing with hybrids now, is, you know, back in the day, in the 90s, uh, they came out and you got to one and you were making a statement. You were an early adopter. You were somebody who said, I'm driving a hybrid, look at me. And it's not out of the norm anymore, especially here in the Northwest, to drive a hybrid and to save gas and to drive something with an electric motor. So... It can look like any other car and function like any other car, and nobody really knows the difference. It's not a badge of honor. I remember when I drove the uh, Prius for the first time, the early Prius. And uh, my friend over at Cairo, Dave Ross, went out and bought one. And any time you'd park it somewhere or he would park it somewhere, people would come up to you and ask you about it. Wow, is that the electric car? Can you make uh, coffee in that thing with a plug or, you know, will it run your house if the electricity? You know, people had all sorts of jokes and stuff about it. But it was, in fact, a uh, a, a cool little car. And uh, out of that uh, and the original insight has grown Uh, the present Honda Insight. So we'll have a full review on that coming up, and that's this week's edition of Yo, Vinny. What are you driving this week? Coming back, we will talk to John Vincent from U.S. News & World Report right here on Drive Time Radio.
0: Well, 56 is almost gone. Only three more days. We made a lot of friends, sold a lot of Chevrolet. But let's not wait till New Year's Eve at some time past 11. Let's go explore what lies in store for 1957 may 57 bring you all at best along the way good health good friends good times galore in your new Chevrolet the big buy in the low price field will win in any test all point-by-point comparison show Chevy leads the rest May you enjoy the special air of springtime, clean and new. Enjoy it every bit as much inside your Chevy, too. The outside air can breeze right through this brand new intake vent, improving air supply as much as 22%. May friends add to your happiness, and may days be filled with fun. And may you often have a chance to choose your favorite one. In Chevrolet, you have a choice. No other car can touch. Five engines, five transmissions. Only Chevy has so much. And may you reap the harvest of the highways across the land when again the end of one more year is close at hand and you count all the good things that you gained along the way perhaps the best of all the rest will be your Chevrolet and although our show is far from being over on behalf of your authorized Chevrolet dealer let me wish you a very happy New Year
2: Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150.
1: All right back with you on Drive Time Radio. New York City hanging out with you as we uh, get a chance to welcome in uh, a gentleman who has been a good friend for many years and uh, a running buddy, a compadre, a, uh, a bandolero, a pistolero, and an automotive boulevardier. Uh, it would be how I would describe uh, the president of the Northwest Automotive Press Association and... Uh, a fine automotive writer for US News and World Report John Vincent uh, joins us right now good morning John how are you good morning
2: what an introduction and thank
1: you for having me on oh heck man for you i would you know i would put your name up on lights if we were a uh, cable tv show we would have like a big marquee for you nah <laughs> i'm just a guy who how you doing my nice friend how you dealing with uh, with the crazy world that we live in today
2: oh man it's been a it's been a time i'm um uh, i did a lot of writing about the uh pandemic um and its impacts on the auto industry and i'm kind of glad i'm past that and writing about uh you know new cars and stuff again
1: yeah it does feel good to kind of and and By no means are the things uh, that have affected the auto industry gone because there are problems that will be there and will have to be worked out. But, yes, it's kind of nice to get in a car and just go do a a test drive and, and, you know, drive it for the enjoyment that you get out of just driving it and not think about all the other stuff that's going on. Cars are a really great place to to forget about the rest of the world,
2: and they're a great way to get out of cell phone service territory and get away from it.
1: Yeah, they real they really are, and and now with electric cars and the range is getting bigger. Who knows? People that drive these electric cars will be able to get even further away uh, and and be able to come back home without charging it.
2: Yep. Yeah,
1: that's so. 500-mile range.
2: What, there was a uh, car introduced with 500-mile range this week.
1: I, you know, I was going to ask you about that. We're, we're now into uh, the 500-mile range with, uh, uh, with electric cars, and it seems to me that every time they introduce one of these cars uh, that the range seems to go up uh, 50 or 100 miles. We saw the introduction of the uh, Cadillac Lyric uh, earlier this week, And that was something that they're talking about, a range of 400 miles. Then we have something with 500. Uh, I I suspect that there is a number that will be comfortable for people. Any idea what that number will be before people start to look at these cars and say, oh, I I should be able to buy one of these?
2: I think 300 is the magic number. Um, It's about what uh, automakers um, plan for with an internal combustion-powered car. Um, and that's kind of been the standard for, for years. Anything more is bonus um, and maybe a little excessive because in order to get that range, you have to have, you know, bigger and heavier battery packs. So there's going to be a balance of, you know, cost and weight and, and range.
1: Now, I saw last week that Chevrolet uh, dropped their price considerably on on the Bolt, which is their electric car, the Bolt would a B, be, which is their all electric car? Um, what, what's what, what's the problem with the Chevrolet? Is it just uh, obviously when they do that, they're not selling? I drove it. I thought it was a great little car, an excellent commuter car, and uh, and comfortable and everything. What uh, what seemed to be the problem with that?
2: Well, there was a little bit of smoke and mirrors there because um, Chevrolet exceeded two hundred thousand sales last year of electric vehicles. So they lost the ability to for their customers to get the seventy five hundred dollar tax credit. So dropping the bolts price kind of brought it back to what people were actually paying when they were getting the te- when they were getting the tax credit.
1: And that's pretty good news, actually. If if they've exhausted their uh, uh, their tax credit, their two hundred thousand, that means that people are out there buying these cars. Some of them are not, you know, not as many as kind of we'd like to see. But
2: uh, but people are, are slowly adopting them.
1: What will be the tipping point for people? What, will be, um, what do you think will be the place where it becomes a viable option for many people to go out and buy an all-electric vehicle?
2: Well, it's not going to happen when we have gas prices between $2 and $3 a gallon. Yeah. Um, when we have gas prices between $4 and $5 a gallon, I think a lot more people are going to be thinking about, Hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and electrics.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's very true. As long as the gas uh, prices stay where they are, um, you know, they're relatively when you when you do the relative money, they're as cheap, you know, gas right now as it was uh, back in the seventies, and uh, people uh, have no problem using it and you know not thinking about it when they put it in their cars. Um, you said before that you've written about. Uh, about the effect of the pandemic on the auto industry. What has been the biggest effect to you of uh, the pandemic uh, th- on o- on the industry?
2: I think the biggest
1: long-term effect is um, going to be on dealers.
2: And people um, are learning that they don't have to go to the dealership to buy a car, and they're liking that, and they're not going to want to go back. Um, it's going to be a much more online Uh, driven process with home delivery and you know dealers want to say that people love coming into dealerships but a lot of people really don't and when they can take that fear out of the buying process it's uh, it's a much more comfortable buying process for them
1: yeah I I really believe that to be true uh, because you just you hear all of these horror stories about dealers, and I know a lot of dealers, and and I think we all do that do what we do, and uh, you know, and they all know the horror stories, the heated room, and maybe you don't have that much anymore, uh, but especially for women who go into a dealership, uh, I haven't, I've never spoken to a woman. Uh, who didn't feel somewhat intimidated when they walked into a dealership, no matter how much the dealership has tried to uh, soften the place up and make it woman-friendly. It, 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 for some reason, it's the last bastion of our society where women feel unwelcome in many places.
2: I, I agree, and i got to say there are a lot of great dealers out there, forward-thinking dealers out there, who are doing a great job in the area of serving you know, women and minorities. Um, who also are kind of disproportionately um, treated badly at dealerships. Um, there are a lot of dealers that do a fantastic job. Let's let's say the majority of them. But there are still some kind of old-line dealers out there that don't do a great job. And a lot of what I do at U.S. News is kind of preparing customers for facing
1: that dealer. Yeah, it's really uh, – yeah, it has to um, – something – has to change in that dynamic and i think the internet and the ability to buy uh, a car online is going to change that dynamic especially when you see uh then in the world of used cars uh that uh, carvana and these other buying services who tout the fact that you can just go online pick your car you don't have to haggle about a price they set up the financing for you then they bring it to your door i mean I, i think people Will look at that purchase, uh, and they've been conditioned now by Amazon uh, to be able to go and buy a car. And if they don't like it, they call up and they take it back, and, and they can bring another one out to them.
2: Yeah, it's it's amazing how quickly it's changed, isn't it?
1: John Vincent from U.S. News and World Report is with us here on Drive Time Radio. Uh, John, what about auto shows? Uh, I'm I heard a uh, an interview with. Um, The head of the L.A. Auto Show, which happens in November, and she seemed to think that uh, the show is going to go on down there, but yet most of the auto shows, if not all of them this year, have been canceled, and a lot of people are saying we may be seeing the death of the auto show. What do do you think?
2: Um, As far as L.A. goes this fall, um, my prediction is there's not a chance in heck that it's going to happen. Um, I can't see a million people going to the L.A. Convention Center um, to go through cars over a couple-week period. Um, It's just not going to happen. It's probably not going to be allowed to happen. Um, And that may be what L.A. is waiting for before they cancel, is for somebody else to tell them they can't do it. Um, The future of auto shows, there's kind of a two-pronged thing with auto shows. There are the press preview days where manufacturers debut vehicles. And those may be changing significantly because automakers are having a pretty good um, track record um, with virtual reveals. Um, And then there are the public days. And I'm not sure when the public will be comfortable going back and sitting in a car that 100 people have sat in in the last hour uh it's will that be next year will that be three years from now will the will the shows be able to survive until people are comfortable again and i don't know the answer to that question
1: yeah i mean that's you know it's it's funny because you're exactly right we look at it through the lens of the media but there's also the the public days which are really the meat and potatoes of these shows and the public goes in. Uh, people are moving in and out of cars. Are so you going to be able to disinfect the car after every every person gets in it? Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen. And now with being able to go online and and look at cars and get a lot of in-depth um, uh, uh, education about a car and about what it does, uh, it, it, I I do fear that the the traditional auto show as we know it. Might be over and done with. I think it will
2: change. I think we will have auto shows in some form because there's just no better place to see all of the cars in a category side by side by side. Um, and there's no substitution for sitting in a car and, you know, seeing whether you can see out the back window, seeing if you uh, can reach the pedal, seeing if your head hits the, hits the sunroof. There, there's no substitute for that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be changed.
1: John, what, are you, what have you driven lately that you really like? I know we probably cross-drive a lot of the same cars. What's the, uh, what's the grooviest thing you've driven over the last few months?
2: Well, I have a kind of a fun car in the garage this week. It's the 2021 Toyota Supra, which they've boosted by 47 horsepower um, this year to 382 horsepower. It's it's fun, it's
1: it's a lot of fun. I know I love that car. That's uh, uh, I haven't driven the 21 yet. I've just driven the 20, and um, boy, I don't know that you can get better bang for your buck out there. Uh, You know, maybe the Mazda. You know, maybe the the MX-5 uh, uh, comes close. But there's something about the Supra uh, that's um, just incredibly. um, it, it, th- there's almost uh, a, a, a driver attachment to that car that uh, you find in very few other cars, especially at their price point.
2: Yeah, and that car was you know, co-developed with BMW, uh, BMW engine, BMW infotainment system. But uh, Toyota's done a very good job of dialing in that the driving dynamics, so it doesn't drive like a BMW. It... Uh it's just a wonderful little car uh, going back to what you said a moment ago the mx5 Miata is never the wrong answer ever the wrong answer
1: yeah that you know those those cars you can get into a an 89 or a, or a and and 20 and get the same exact feeling uh, it, it, it's probably the most consistent car in automotive history because it really is kind of you know, they, they've they've never strayed away. Mazda has never strayed away from the idea of what that car is. Much like the Corvette, Chevy has has never really strayed away a lot from what that car is: two seats, a steering wheel, uh, you know, the uh, the electronics and safety stuff of the day, and go out the showroom door. Thank you. Yep, I agree. Has a great formula. What what any big cars that you've driven that you've liked?
2: Uh, just got out of the Honda CRV hybrid. Um, you know, CRV is one of the top ranked vehicles uh, in US News's compact SUV rankings. It's just it checks off all the boxes that most people in that uh, buying category need. Um, it in the Rav Four do a very good job of the Toyota Rav Four do a very good job of, you know, looking what consumers want and filling their need. Um, not an exciting car, but um, incredibly functional, um, lovely to drive. Uh, I wish the hybrid would get a little bit better gas mileage considering it's its you know cost difference between it and the regular CRV. but um,
1: it works well. John, I want to switch gears now and talk a little bit about our association. And um, I know that we annually put on, A couple of of events that we have not been able to this year, Mudfest and our run to the sun where we gather up a lot of different cars, Mudfest for uh, sport utility vehicles and run to the sun for sports cars and convertibles and try to uh, compare them against each other, drive them on uh, in different conditions on the road and off the road in the case of Mudfest and uh, every year award, uh, in different categories, the uh, top car in the Northwest, we haven't been able to do that this year. Um, c- kind of a sad thing because uh, I think a lot of the manufacturers really enjoyed and valued uh, the awards that we give out. And I know a lot of kids have been helped. Young people have been helped with the uh, scholarships that we have given out at um, at, at various colleges around uh, the Northwest. Yeah,
2: it's a... Uh... Canceling those events is, um, is horrible. Um, I hated um, you know, having to make that call um, with the rest of our um, executive team, um, but we just could not do it safely. Um, you know, Like an auto show on those events, we have multiple people trying to get into a lot of cars um, over a couple of days, and um, it just wasn't logistically feasible. But I'm working on a plan for September. Which you know
1: you'll hear about soon, Vinny, but it's going to be a virtual run to the sun. I like that. I'm learning to like virtual. I don't have to. I can sit there with a sandwich in my hand, and um, you know, and do practically everything that I've done except um, except sit in a car. So I, uh, you know, that's it's fine by me. I mean, anything that gets us uh, looking at a lot of different cars uh, and being able to take that back to the public. And to the people that listen to us and read us and do the different things that they do, um, I, I think it's a worthwhile endeavor. And, and, of course, John, your stewardship of this uh, of this organization has been um, better than I think any, anyone I've seen uh, do it. And I don't know, I think I'm a member of NWAPA now like 20-something years. And well, it's, it's well, really been, um, even I with no it. events uh, that we you know, that we've been able to attend the virtual events and the different things that uh, we've been able to do uh, has made me uh, really proud to be a member of the organization. Yeah, what we're
2: going uh, to be doing is I'm going to
1: encourage people
2: to dig out their drive routes from past years and go take a drive, um, post it on social media, find some interesting things around the Northwest to photograph the cars with, and, uh, you know, just have some fun.
1: Get out of the house. I think we need that, John. I think we need to start to um, safely, uh, but I think we need a point where we can get out and and do some things. and uh, And and we're learning. I mean, thank God for Zoom. Where the heck would we be if we were still on AOL? Oh yeah, <laughs> you know the dial-up modem and every. Oh my lord! I mean, I'm still on AOL, so I guess uh, I guess I'm the last guy there. But uh it, it really has been. Uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot of hard work, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'll, I'll, I will be a willing and and fun participant. So that'll be it uh, will be fun. Especially when you stop for ice cream. What's that little town that we always stop in?
2: Oh, over in Shanico.
1: Yes, Chanico, in, Oregon. In, in Oregon, we have this little spot that we all stop at and get ice cream uh, at at some point during the drive, and it's um. I don't know. It's just one of those things that you look forward to every year. Well, hopefully with a little uh, a little luck next year, we will uh, be able to do that. Uh, John, it's been good to touch base with you. Uh, of course, we can read your stuff at uh, U.S. News and World Report. If you're looking to buy a car or you're looking to, um, to learn more about cars, uh, you can do no better uh, than to jump on U.S. News and World Report, their website, and uh, go to cars. And uh there's uh, spectacular information there broken down into very simple terms uh to let you know uh, the good and the bad about uh, just about any car you want to buy john thanks for jumping on with us for a few minutes man it's good to hear your voice
2: thank you very much rennie for having me i appreciate
1: it all right john vincent president of nawapa northwest automotive press association and uh, writer for u.s news and world report uh, their cars uh, section i read it all the time to uh, take a look at what's going on in cars. All right. We will uh, take a quick break, jump back with uh, our cartoon, our Saturday morning cartoon of the week. You're listening to Drive Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW.
0: It's new.
3: It's new.
1: It's
0: new. The new, new 62 Lark by Studebaker.
3: With big car comfort at compact prices. New Highest, widest doors of all. New, big sofas soft deep padded seats. New, thick rich pile rugs and flat flush floors with no trip over sill. New, lock limousine, stretch out room, big car comfort at a compact price. New, giant lock trunks, almost 17 cubic feet of cargo space. New. Big 15-inch wheels give you new riding comfort and surprise. New, fresh styling in the big, wide, wonderful line of marks from Studebaker. Two new Lark Daytonas, America's newest action car in hardtop and convertible styles. With bucket seats, very sporty. A companion console compartment, very spiffy. Available, too, four-speed transmission for exhilarating performance. Now enter the most luxurious car you'll find in the compact price range, the Lark Cruiser. More room and luxury than you'll find in most cars. Here's the new 62 Lark hardtop with sliding sunroof. Available on all Lark sedans and hardtops. Simply beautiful. Just peek inside. Look at these big, loungy limousine seats and thick pile rugs. Here's the new Lark convertible. All dialed up with new 62 styling. There's big wagon room in the new 62 Lark wagon, too. Look at that enormous cargo space. Please be sure to see and test drive all the exciting new 62 Lark's at your Studebaker dealer with big car comfort at compact prices. And remember, they're endurance built by Studebaker.
2: Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Right back with you here on Drive Time Radio on KKNW New York, Vinny, spending a Saturday morning with you. Right time for our uh, cartoon of the week. Uh, this is a special one uh, for me. Uh, we talked about Bonneville Speed Week a little earlier in the program, and uh, all that goes on around that. And Craig Breedlove, who set the uh, the record there oh so many years ago, and uh, continues to. Um, uh, to work on hot rods and uh, fast cars and so on and so forth out in California, down in California. And um, uh, the Beach Boys, uh, many years ago, uh, penned a tune that um, brought his world record and encapsulated, I think, a spirit that we all felt back in the 60s as Americans around Uh, this vehicle around the space program, Uh, Breedlove was one of the first people to take a jet engine and slap it on a car. He bought this uh, surplus jet engine uh, from a fighter plane for 500 bucks, slapped it onto a car, and called the uh, Southern California Timing Association, who runs Bonneville, and said, hey, you mind if I bring this thing up there, and uh, can we use it to set a world record? Well, he was told uh, in no uncertain terms, no, but he found another timing association that would let him do it. And so the story goes is uh, he went out and set uh, the world speed record uh, at that point, which was over uh, 600. uh, I mean, he was the first man to go 400, first man to go 500, first man to go 600 miles an hour. So here is, uh, and this goes out, I want to dedicate this one to my good friend J.D. Smith, who has uh, been my uh, co-muse and songwriting partner and uh, many other things uh, in my life, including best friend, who is uh, moving out to Utah this weekend and um uh, from his home in california and uh, we love you jd and we're uh, all of us uh, in our circle are with you 100 so uh, and, and and jd JD's uh, favorite band is the beach boys so um here are the beach boys with spirit of america there you are the beach boys and spirit of america And uh, written about uh, Craig Breedlove, who uh, is a member, of course, of uh, an inductee into the uh, uh, Automotive Hall of Fame. Uh, Probably one of the most popular motorsports personalities uh, in America. He broke the land speed record five times between 63 and 65. And um, really, uh, uh, just was at that time... Uh, was as big as the space program. He uh, uh, broke it in Spirit of America in uh, 1963. Well, 394 miles per hour was the record. He uh, in '64 he hit 407 miles per hour. Um, Craig Breedlove set a new record of 526 miles per hour, and uh, in that. 526 miles per hour. He hit uh, a row of telephone poles at 400 miles per hour and, uh, and, and wound up having to swim out of the wreck. In 1965, he became the first human ever to drive faster than 600 miles per hour. You think about that, that's about as fast as a bullet travels. So he, um, in that big piece of metal... Uh, was traveling across the Bonneville salt flats in uh, in an incredible um, incredible speed so we pay tribute to him and again to uh, my my friend JD who is uh, probably the biggest Beach Boys fan on the face of the earth uh, everybody should have a friend in their life like uh, JD Smith All right we'll uh, forego the break here and just get into the um, uh, the Uh, review uh, the Drive Time Road Test because we are running a little short on time, as I seem to, as I said at the beginning of the show. Always do. So, Maestro, uh, the intro, please.
0: The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly.
1: And this time we uh, take a look at that 2020 Lexus ES uh, Hybrid, the uh, Lexus... um, 300h is uh, the model which uh, really is. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know if I want to call it a tricked-out uh, Toyota Avalon, but they're kind of built on the same uh, platform. They're a lot of, in a lot of ways the same car. The Lexus has more luxury touches uh, than uh, the Avalon, but they both are shaped and look about the same. Uh, they are definitely good-looking, stately-looking cars. The Lexus ES300H uh, is uh, is a car that looks expensive. Even though it might not be the most expensive car on the block, when you're standing there looking at it, uh, it looks, and it's been designed to look with its uh, wide-open grille and uh, flowing lines to the back and the little spoilers on the back. It's designed to look like an expensive car. Maybe it looks more expensive uh, than it really is, but um, as we'll hear in the price tag, uh, maybe not as expensive as you think uh, inside the car. It's it's hard to beat Lexus for the materials in the car. The cabin is well laid out, uh, soft-touch materials all over the place. You feel like you got your money's worth when you sit In this interior on the leather seats the only drawback really uh, by the way it does seat five people comfortably has all of the safety equipment that you would expect the lane departure help uh, the uh, stay awake stuff the um, automatic braking backup cameras all of the things that you would expect and on uh, this Lexus I believe that much of that equipment is standard Whereas with a lot of other fat manufacturers, you have to pay extra for a package that um, includes a lot of that stuff. The Lexus uh, puts it in there as uh, far as, um, as uh, uh, being a good dollar value for the safety equipment involved. This current uh, ES300H model has been around since 2019. They beefed up the suspension on it, so the ride... Is extremely smooth. Uh, it maybe it uh, it doesn't connect you to the road as much unless you're in sport mode. You hit the thing and you go into sport mode on the top of the dash there, and it uh, it it stiffens up the ride a little bit, uh, tunes the uh, engines and the motor to give you a little bit more power, and does make a little bit of a difference if you want a little bit more. Of a connected feel to the ES hybrid and it um, again in competition with the Avalon uh, the Avalon I think gives you a little bit more connected feeling to the road uh, than the Lexus does but if you're buying a Lexus is that connected feeling uh, something that you're looking for or you're looking for the opposite you're looking to drive something that uh, is quiet and let's, and it doesn't connect you to the road, which I think a lot of people that buy these cars, a uh, car like this, uh, really want. They want that feeling that they are um, that the car is moving them from one place to another uh, without a lot of muss or fuss. Uh, the 215 horsepower hybrid powertrain. You got uh, the the engine, four cylinder, and then two electric motors, a CVT transmission, uh, but. It um, as far as uh, getting off the dime, moving, getting onto the highway, and so on and so forth, it is quick off the line. A very, uh, very um, nice feeling getting off the line. It doesn't lag. It doesn't slow down. It uh, goes uh, quite well and seems to have enough, um, uh, you know, enough there for uh, for anything uh, that you might encounter. As far as the ride, it rides like a luxury car. The handling of the car is what you would expect in a hybrid. This is something I hope that one day uh, manufacturers try to figure out a way. As I said, you go into sport mode, and it's fine. But when you're in the regular and the eco mode, it programs the steering to be a little light. Again, many people, and this is something you always have to be careful with with, uh, people that review cars, many people like the feeling of being disconnected from the road many people like the feeling of it being easy and soft that's why they buy a luxury car as opposed to buying a sports car if you want to feel the road you go out you buy a porsche suv you go out you buy a sport suv uh you don't buy a lexus uh, es uh, 300 Uh, but uh, the, the suspension uh, does a nice job of uh, picking up the bumps in the uh, in the humps in the road and uh, on the highway, and everywhere you're going with this car through the uh, roads, it feels uh, quite good. As far as uh, the warranty on this guy, you have four years and fifty thousand miles limited, six years seventy thousand powertrain, eight year one hundred thousand mile uh, warranty on the hybrid system. So uh, you're pretty. Good there. The uh, overall safety rating on this golf five out of five stars from the NHTSA, and five stars um, in the um, crash test. Four stars in the frontal and the rollover test. And again, as I said, it has uh, the standard driver assistant features, the rear view camera, forward collision warning, automatic emergency braking, uh, pedestrian detection, has the heads up. A view of uh, the dashboard that you can look into the windshield so you don't have to lower your eyes off of the road. Uh, You can also get blind spot monitoring, uh, parking sensors, and surround view cameras on this car as well as uh, an extra cost item. Got a couple of um, hybrid models here. Uh, The ES, uh, the Hybrid Luxury, the Hybrid Ultra Luxury, Um, all of these cars are... Uh, just about equal Uh, the ultra luxury starts at 45,000 and you have the hands-free power trunk lid upgraded leather upholstery in this thing uh, power adjustability for the front seats and uh, a few other goodies but that gets you as i said for 45,000 bucks it is a fine luxury sedan that has uh, a very good gas mileage uh, that is comfortable, that allows you to stretch out, allows you to feel good uh, when you're driving this car. It makes a statement in that you feel um I don't know, luxurious when you're driving it. Is that the right? Yeah, you feel, you you know, you get that feeling when you're driving this car that you've accomplished something. It feels good to drive. It's a Lexus. They build them that way. They build them uh, as a luxury car brand. uh, So it does a little better than the Toyota in that category. The Toyota Avalon may be a little bit more connected. uh, But I think if you want luxury and you also want to make that statement for not a lot more money, uh, the, um, the Lexus, uh, delivers that in, uh, in multiples. Uh, by the way, the mileage on this thing, you get 43 in the city, uh, 44 highway miles per gallon. Uh, and I drove the thing for a week and couldn't use all the gas in the tank. Uh, the front wheel drive, drive train, as I said, felt good. And it was, um, also, uh, I, I did want to mention in the Lexus, the entertainment system, um, that may be the deal breaker for some people, because the entertainment system in the Toyota uh, is simpler than the one in the Lexus, and I think uh, easier and more intuitive to use. You uh, In the Lexus, you have to move your finger around, and uh, you are it's almost like you're using a mouse, uh, that you move your finger around and have to put a, a highlighted cursor on different things, and it can be a real pain when you're driving. And trying to get information, you almost almost have to pull over uh, to use it without uh, taking your eyes off the road. Whereas the Toyota Avalon system is uh, much more intuitive. It's a touchscreen system, and I think it uh, works out well. Another big uh, positive for the Lexus is it has oodles of trunk space. I mean, I don't I don't know that there's a car out there uh, that has more trunk space uh than the lexus right now it's a very uh, roomy spacious uh i'm gonna take a road trip type of trunk space and again the avalon is the same way i moved cross country in uh a um uh a toyota and you could fit everything with the kitchen sink in the trunk of that thing so uh as far as this car a good car uh, the 2020 lexus es300 hybrid that is the review and that's also going to put our show in the books uh this week as well we thank you so much for listening thank you to nathan for making everything run smooth as is possible and we will catch up with you next week at eight o'clock on saturday morning if the lord's willing and the creek don't rise have a good week